Once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. We creatures have all but disappeared. Demons, vampires and witches, hiding in plain sight, fearful of discovery, ill at ease even with each other. Once again, to a discovery of witches, demons, and vampires podcast, a weekly discussion of the television series A Discovery of Witches on Shudder, which is a television network in the UK and maybe other places as well, but that's where we're discussing it from. And it's also on many stations or a couple other stations on various uh, English language um, countries such as the UK. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? Going well. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri? I am just fine. Who is this? <laughs> Kevin. This is oh, Kevin. Kevin. Yes. Kevin. Fine. All right. All right. Very well. Very well. All right. For folks who are curious and who've just stumbled upon us, uh, we are a podcast, as I mentioned, discussing uh, Discovery Witches television series. Um, but uh, we are also part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, that's basically a website that has various um, news items about genre so horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thriller, techno thriller, mystery, grindhouse, art house, midnight movies, cult films, uh, and the like. Also other side things such as anime, um, television series, like A Discovery of Witches, uh, video games, horror novels, all sorts of things. Uh, it's basically a, a new all news network of genre that is updated all the time. So if you follow genre news or entertainment news related to genre, uh, you should probably check out www.darkdiscussions.com weekly. Actually, that's not true, not weekly. Daily, because it's updated daily. Uh, so, yes. Um, also, uh, we have an email, darkdiscussions at aol.com. And uh, there's also, for folks who enjoy this podcast, there are numerous other podcasts that your co-hosts can be found on. Uh, we have about, there's about 30 different podcasts on the network. Uh, but uh, a handful of them, myself, Barrett, or Kevin, are on. Uh, so, for example, uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews is a monthly to bi-weekly uh, podcast that discusses general z- genre news, films, whatever. And uh, me, Kevin, and Barrett are on that one. Uh, there's also the Dark Discussions 
podcast, which is the flagship podcast, which uh, I'm a co-host on as well as Barrett and Kevin sometimes. And then there's various other ones like Cinema a la Carte, which I'm a co-host on. And then uh, me, Kevin, and Barrett did a travel guide to Lovecraft Country, the podcast uh, talking about Lovecraft Country, me, Kevin, and Barrett, and another co-host, Mike. And then Don't Tell Me, I'll Tell You, the Stan podcast, which me and Barrett did. And then there's been Searching for American Gods uh, for about the, the that TV show that myself and co- uh, co-host Mike from a different podcast is on. And then uh, there's you know nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, and then there's a Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, and then there's all the other podcasts that are on the network that uh, we do not participate in. Um, all right, so all that crap is done. Phew, that was a lot. Um, <laughs> so we're back uh, once more. Uh, basically, we're here to uh, discuss our final thoughts on season two. You know, as a, as a whole season and what we think may happen in season three. Uh, this may not be the last episode of the podcast until season three. There's still a chance that we're we're bothering Deborah Harkness all the time trying to get her on the podcast. And if we can get her on for an hour or less or even longer as an interview, uh, we will record that and, and release it whenever that is recorded. Um, but either way, we will definitely be back uh, unless something tragic happens, like we go to war with China or something. Uh, we will uh, be back for season three, which we believe is coming out Q1 of 2023. So the podcast will be on a hiatus unless we get Deborah Harkness or someone else related to the show who would be willing to come on and discuss uh, whatnot. And, and there's also a, uh, I know there's some conventions for the all souls trilogy, which are the books that are based on, and maybe we'll, uh, try to bring on, um, the founder of those conventions and maybe do a half hour to an hour interview then. So don't, uh, unsubscribe because there's a chance that there could be a couple of episodes that will pop up here or there in the next year before season three. All right. With all that, that was a lot again. Um, we do have a email before we begin our final thoughts and whatnot. Uh, Kevin, uh, we did, we got another email this week. Yes, we did. Uh, okay. I'm going to try this again. Debbie Ledesma. I think I got that right. Debbie Ledesma sent us, uh, another email, uh, and, it is. I thank you very, very much for uh, your input. It's it's really nice to hear, um, you know, hear your commentary about you know our podcast, and I really appreciate it. So she sends a note to us. Uh, it says, "Gentlemen, thank you for another insightful podcast on the final episode of season two. I agree with your observations. I enjoyed the final episode." There's so much I want to say, but stop myself because I don't want to ruin things for you or for your listeners. Thank you. Without spoiling things, your guesses about Jack and Hubbard are very close. Benjamin Fuchs will, uh, sorry, Benjamin Fuchs's story will depend on him, on who made him a vampire. Sorry, I can't read tonight. The book ends with Diana and Matthew returning to present time. 
They learned they, they learned what happened to everyone while gone. Yes, Emily is dead. They also learned something about Diana's pregnancy. On another note, I included a link below to one of the other podcasts about the series and books. Thought you might enjoy this one because it has an interview with the series executive producer. Com okay, and it's called uh, Camille and Clove, and it's the Camille and Clove and All Souls pod podcast. I will miss your podcast until next year for season three. I know you probably have other podcasts you want to do, but I suggest a podcast on the TV series of American Gods. Until next week's wrap-up, take care, Debbie. And like we said uh, to Debbie, um, or like Phil said earlier, Debbie, uh, they did do a Searching for American Gods podcast, and feel free to listen to that. Yeah, I'll explain that. Uh, basically, uh, Searching for American Gods, a American Gods podcast based off the television show, I think it's Showtime. Um, and myself and co-host Mike of the Dark Discussions podcast uh, did season one and season two of that show. Um, obviously, that show has had a lot of problems behind the scenes with different showrunners. Um, it's been very... Um, mixed in, in, in its reviews. Uh, myself and co-host Mike uh, were variously, depending on the episode, uh, you know, liked it or, or disliked it, but generally uh, weren't fans, uh, unfortunately, of the show because of the chaos that um, we felt carried over to what was seen on screen. Um, but we were going to continue the podcast for season three. Uh, but again, um, there was never a release date when that season three was going to come out. And then out of the blue, uh, they announced like, I think it was a couple of weeks before the season started. And I think it was January. Uh, they announced that they were going to start uh, doing that um, and, you know, release it for, for season three on show uh, stars. I don't know. It's one, one of the it begins with an S. I forget which station. It's been so long since uh, the show was on the air between its hiatus and now. Um, and uh, unfortunately, at the time when that happened, um, myself and Barrett were already doing "Don't Tell Me, I'll Tell You" the Stand podcast, which was a weekly podcast on the CBS All Access Television series or Paramount plus now television series, The Stand. And then we were doing uh, Discovery of Witches, Demons and Vampires as well. And then on top of that, we were doing Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. And on top of that, we were doing Dark Discussions Podcast. And on top of that, we were doing Cinema a la Carte. Uh, not all those were weekly, but uh, three of them were. And as a result, uh, we had to make a decision and uh, Mike and myself uh, decided to cancel that podcast and not continue with season three because um, we just didn't have the time due to the five other podcasts that were uh, being recorded by various co-hosts uh, between myself, Barrett, Kevin, uh, Mike, who's on Searching for American Gods. So... Uh, yeah, that's that's the main reason. But uh, we did re release a uh, update, a little six-minute update explaining why, basically what I just explained here. And um, 
also we, we did mention in that little six minute episode that, you know, myself and uh, Mike um, were unfortunately not as happy with the adaptation uh, that appeared on TV versus uh, what people know of uh, the, the book. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we weren't we weren't too happy about that. And Kevin, I know you listened to Searching for American Gods, American Gods podcast uh, pretty much weekly, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. And, um, even though for the most part you didn't enjoy it, it the the commentary was still enjoyable to listen to. I mean, it's the same. It was the same thing. Excuse me. <clears throat> it was the same thing for um, Game of Thrones too. I saw season one. And stop watching it after that. And uh, I, but I still had a lot of fun listening to your commentary on the show. So uh, even though, you know, I don't watch some of the shows you watch, sometimes it's still fun to, to hear you uh, just talk about it, uh, you know, be it a rant session or uh, it enjoyed, like I enjoyed this or this was absolutely terrible. Um, you know, there, it's always fun to hear, uh, remember the one Dark Discussions episode where uh, co-host Dave kind of went on a, a total rant, and that was in itself rather fun to watch, or fun to listen to, even though I never actually saw the movie you were watching. Yeah, what, what, what was the movie again? Oh, the the, ga- the Hallows, the Gallows. Oh, yeah, the Gallows. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, But I, I will have to say that you, Kevin, uh, were uh, almost a weekly emailer for searching for American gods, American gods podcast, where you, you sent emails because there's a lot of religious and symbolic and mythology undertones in that show. And I know you, you uh, were, were very interested in our discussion on that. And so you, you would send us emails and we read your emails uh, constantly on that podcast. Yes. Yes. I, um, that is true. I, as a Christian and there obviously Jesus was covered. So I, even though, and at every single time I, I got the, uh, got the notice that there was a new episode and I, whenever I commented, I, I freely admitted, I have not seen this and I have not read the books either. Uh, I have the book. I just have not read it yet. I do like Neil Gaiman's work. Um, and the thing is, is that more and more what I've read about this particular show itself is that it really does not follow the book very well. And after a while, that just for me is a turnoff uh, for for some. Area. I mean, I understand some areas, you know, you have to take artistic liberties and that's that's fine. I mean, you, you do that no matter what. But um, when you really go off base and it don't even do a good job. It sounds like they didn't do a very good job with it. I just have no desire to watch it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and personally, um, my feelings were, were it was, uh, um, a show I wouldn't revisit, uh, myself, uh, at least season one and season two. Um, and actually, to be honest, we, we admitted in our little six minute episode, me and Mike, that our, unfortunate uh, dislike i guess of season one and two made it a little easier for us to cancel searching for american gods especially um since we we're doing five other podcasts but even with those five other podcasts it was an easy decision because it wasn't like a game of thrones or westworld or something that, that we we really enjoyed um so yeah uh all right very good um all right and thank you once again debbie so yeah yeah keep uh 
I'll, I'll look out where maybe we're, we'll do, like I said, uh, do a, uh, a podcast here or the year before season three. Um, and anybody else out there who's listening to, um, but yeah, thank you. Um, all right. So, uh, let's get into our discussion of, uh, season two, our final thoughts and, and, you know, as a whole and a whole general big picture type of way. And then of course, uh, any ideas we think of season three, uh, I do uh, think that Debbie mentioning whoever turned Fuchs may be important too. And that'll be curious to see where that goes. And also maybe we are right on uh, with Hubbard um, being forced to, to tell. And then because, you know, uh, Fuchs may be stronger than Hubbard and then Fuchs or Hubbard turning Jack into a vampire. And he becomes the blood rage vampire of modern day London. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, possi- yeah. Well, I mean, it's possible. Um, that, I mean, that's definitely a possible scenario. I mean, the question is, is that who is the, um, I mean, who is the blood rage vampire and who sired them? Because if it's Fuchs, then you have to wonder who sired Fuchs. But then, uh, but the thing is, is that if Fuchs sired uh, Hubbard, then if Fuchs had the blood rage, does that mean Hubbard has it? He could just be a carrier. Could be a carrier. But the thing is, is that one thing that I've noticed through this thing is you never hear of Hubbard siring anybody. You just hear him drinking people's blood, but not actually siring anybody. So that's. I mean, maybe that's just the show and maybe the book will tell us more or maybe the book, you know, tells more. But I, 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 I mean, there's a possibility there. Uh, I still don't think we've heard the end. Uh, we've seen the end of the sister. Um, oh, crumbs, I forgot. I'm sorry. I, my apologies. I forgot her name. Um, uh, so which character? The, the sister. Uh, oh, Lucia. Lucia, right. Lucia, we, I'm, I'm almost positive we haven't seen the end of her. Um, just trying to think what else. You know, and I'm sure, and it sounds like we're going to see Ben, so I have a feeling we're going to, you know, I, I mean, if Ben is coming back and he's really, you know, upset or angry, then I'm sure we're going to get a lot of, hey, we tried, you know, we, we thought this was best for you type of thing, and he's probably going to say, well, it wasn't or something like yeah. that. Well, we, we did, we did see him, right. Uh, looking at Domenico, right. In the distance uh, in modern day London. We so, saw looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. But that, well, Ben Fuchs, right. He's, that's, that's who you're talking oh, about. I'm, I'm thinking the kid. Oh, oh, uh, oh, what the hell's the kid's name? We were just talking about his name. Jack. Jack. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. Okay, that's, yeah. that's what I meant. I'm, my apologies. Um, yeah, I thought, you know, I think we'll probably see Jack come back and, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll probably see the, you know, we tried to, we thought this was best for you and all that. And he's probably going to say, no, it wasn't, but we'll see. Right. Yeah. I wonder if he does come back and he does get turned, uh, if he will blame uh, them in the modern day and, and be a vengeful kid instead because he's going to say you left me you know how could you do this and all that stuff too but 
Barrett, I know you're the one that brings up all the time jumping. Um, even if that happens in the modern day, and he confronts the modern day Diana and uh, Matthew, what about time hasn't changed for them? <laughs> it's like yeah. five minutes ago. Yeah. So right. they're well, gonna be like he's an adult now. But here's the question: So Matthew, does he gain memories, or is it just all this stuff happened that he doesn't know about? Well, that's because what he was ask, there. That's, that's what I was gonna ask you, which is. Jack will still see Matthew, not Diana, because Diana goes back to the future, but Matthew's of the version of Matthew from 1591 is still going to be there, right? He comes back, right? We're assuming, Yeah, and right? how, is, how is he going to treat Jack? That's another question. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be curious. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of questions there, and not knowing how the time travel works specifically makes it kind of hard to speculate just because... You know, I've read sometimes stories where, you know, they change time and then they go back to the future and all those memories of what's changed comes rushing in, you know. Um, And then there's other stories where because they're outside of the timeline, they don't know of any of those memories. And it gets kind of weird. (laughs) So So like uh, what happened at the one uh, was at the Flash. Where he changed time, but when he came back, no one he, like nothing everything was t- totally different and he doesn't remember any of it well yeah. and, and also also and, and what about also the chance that the, the other version the 1891 version of um matthew does something that changes the future because i I I can't believe that the the Matthew from eight fifteen eighty one or ninety one I'm sorry fifteen ninety one will have the same life he had prior to the modern day Matthew appearing because Jack was never in his life at that time right way back in fifteen ninety or ninety one until. Matthew and Diana came back, and so if they had never come back, which is what we're assuming may have occurred prior to the time jump, because in other words, Matthew didn't remember Jack all those years prior to meeting Diana, right? And then when he meets Diana, they head back to the past, and then they meet Jack, and then Jack is now in Matthew's life, and then when they go back to the future... Jack has now been in their life. So would all those memories from the last what are, you know, few years before he even met Diana, would he already know who Jack is now? You see? So it's one of those weird time trippy things. Yeah, or exactly. And it could even be that when Matthew, like the old Matthew comes back and Jack sees him and tries to talk to him and Jack doesn't remember who he is and maybe treats him like because, I mean, it sounds like the old Matthew wasn't exactly the nicest guy uh, for for some people. So, I mean, if you have this kid coming up and, you know, saying, you know, hey, you know, it's me, it's Jack. And he's like, I have no idea who you are, kid. Go away. You know, I mean, that, that's got to hurt. That's you know? true, too. Yeah. And, and you're right. That Back in those days, Matthew was still a crazy bad guy similar to isabel you know isabel was burning witches everywhere and and matthew was 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 you know the a double agent and killing pe- people and all this other stuff so 
he's a different person than he is in ni- uh, 2021. So, yeah, maybe he tells Jack to F off, you know? So that's a good question. The, the, the 1591 version of, of uh, Matthew. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And also, does the 1591 Matthew, when he reappears, will he know that he's lost two years of his life? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, or does yeah. he get memories? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all questionable as far as that's concerned. Right, right, exactly. So it, it is really bizarre, the whole, the whole situation. Yeah. Um. Yeah, all right. So uh, what other things do we want to discuss about what we think? I mean, we, we generally can talk about season two again, too, but, I mean, we, we all said we love the season. But um, I'll say this. This, this, is, this is a general thing on the show itself. Um, though, I, you know, I, I used to watch True Blood when it was on HBO, and that's kind of uh, dark fantasy uh, or mystical realism, if you prefer. And uh, and even urban fantasy, even though that takes place in um, the swamps of Louisiana. Uh, and I like that show. And then, you know, we did The Vampires, which is a, 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 it's a terrible name because obviously it's going to be hard to find. But on Netflix, there's a television series called Vampires, which is a six episode season one that came from France. It's a French television series. And that was dark fantasy, urban fantasy, mystical realism as well, because the vampires there are a little different than, you know, the the vampires of olden days where they were spawns of hell and the Catholic priests would, would fight them and, 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 you know, vampire hunters and all that stuff. Oh, uh, good old days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then this show here, um, you know, I like this show too, and so I'm, I'm actually beginning to find out that even though these shows quote-unquote, bastardize the vampire lore that I love, which is the spawn of hell that turn people into more spawns of hell, and then vampire hunters and priests and all this are out trying to fight them and, and kill them, as as whether they're, you know, um, Dracula by Bram Stoker or some more more modern books, even though they're not modern now because they're 50 years old, like Salem's Lot. Um, the, you know, the, that lore I loved. And then when these mystical realism, urban fantasy, dark fantasy started popping up and changing that, I, I didn't really wasn't a big fan. And I have to say that shows like A Discovery of Witches have sort of turned me to actually appreciate and actually like um, stuff like, like uh, dark fantasy more than... I thought, because I remember when I first discussed, uh, you know, talked to you, Barrett, about, I mean, I've known you for a number of years, but I didn't, we didn't know we both like genre until about a year and a half ago or or so. And, and uh, I mentioned, you mentioned you love dark fantasy, and I said I hated it. And now I'm kind <laughs> of turning around and, and beginning to like it a bit. So Good, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still not necessarily my favorite genre, but but I, I enjoy it for sure. Um, well, you know what? A good story is a good story, no matter what the genre is. I think. Um, yeah. So I think anyone that's appreciative of a good story can watch a drama or a dark fantasy or you know anything and get something good out of it if it's well written. Right. Which this is. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Now, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, since you, you've enjoyed season one and season two, um, are any of you apt to go back and maybe read a book or two of the series, the All Souls uh, books? I've been thinking about it, yeah. I'm not sure when I'll get time, as I have a book project right now. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, and we're also, me and you are reading a book right now for uh, a Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast, so that, that obviously we're reading that, never mind uh, work, you know, the day job and whatnot. Uh, what about you, Kevin? I've got so many books ahead of me that I'm, I am so incredibly behind, it's pretty pathetic. Um, so, you know, I'm probably not going to be doing anything for, I, I won't be it, not not because I think that they're going to be bad books. It's just I've got so much stuff that I really just I, I got to work on those. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I may I may take a take a peek. Um, I, I may go to the library and uh, see the, their their length and and whatnot. Maybe you know it could be a curiosity. to to do i haven't gone to the library often since the, the covid but uh um do you have do you have something that you read ebooks on because i know our library um rents stuff out yeah yeah actually that's true we, we do our library does the same you can you can do ebooks as well so i could even do those too yeah you know um so yeah i may i may take a peek um and and for if deborah harkness is listening to this podcast uh whether we read the books or not we still want you on uh to discuss um and promote help promote your work uh, so. absolutely oh and i just want to say i'm looking at my library right now and it's got like the trilogy together as one i could get or each one individually and but they're all on hold of course there's lots of people probably <laughs> reading them right now because it's so popular oh, the, oh those books the, yeah, the yeah yep yeah yeah it was funny because season one when that first came out um, there was not much buzz about it at all, but season two really, you know, pumped the show big time. Um, and, and it was weird too, because, uh, Matthew good, you know, I mean, a lot of people are fans of him because of, um, downtown Abbey. So you figure people would follow him to this show here. Uh, but for whatever reason, season one, um, at least to, in, in the group of folks that we are, you know, on Facebook with that are horror fans and, and stuff like that. Didn't mention much about it. And, it, but then season two really popped up. Uh, oddly, the, the whole reason we even started this podcast, um, complete fluke. Um, basically we were, we were, um, we did vampires and it was the French television series. And, uh, so I was looking around through, uh, you know, the, the app, show channels you know netflix amazon prime whatever and you couldn't find much and there was a couple that looked interesting but um just wrote them down and then uh for some reason i was i was thinking about Teresa palmer saying yeah i wonder what she's been up to recently because she's i like her a lot uh from a bunch of films uh, berlin syndrome uh lights out uh uh the the zombie film uh what oh shoot what the hell's the name of the zombie film that she's in um Oh, the one where it's a romantic comedy. 
Yeah, it's not a really oh, a comedy, but warm, it's warm romantic. Bodies, some, warm bodies. Warm bodies. Warm bodies. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, and then I saw her in an Australian, uh, because she is actually Australian, uh, Australian thriller. And I forget the name of that, and that was pretty good. Me and my wife watched that. And, and, and I think it was that. I think it was Amazon Prime. We watched that thriller. It popped up, and we just watched it. I go, oh, that's Teresa Palmer. I wonder what she's doing. And then I, and I've always liked her as an actress and maybe had a little crush on her, too. And so I looked up what she was doing on, like, IMDb or whatever, and I saw she was doing this TV series. And I go, oh, this is weird. Never heard of this show. And uh, so I looked it up to see where we could find it. You know, was it only a UK or Australian show? And then I saw that, oh, it's on Shutter, in season one. And so that's when I, and not, I, out of the blue, I just suggested it that day, like 10 minutes after I found it, to you two guys. Uh, didn't read anything about it, went in blind. Um, and we, we said, yeah, we'll, we'll you know, uh, binge it and, and do an episode on it, similar to how we did Vampires for Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. And uh, yeah, that's that's the that's how we found it. It was just a fluke. Um, yeah, and I had know, been that, seeing advertisements on it when it was on A and E like months previous to that, and I had wanted to watch it and forgot to set it up on the DVR, so it never happened. And then when you brought it up, I was like, "Oh, good! Now I'll get a chance to watch that." <laughs> oh, so that's cool that you already heard about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. yeah. The previews but, looked really good, so I really wanted to watch it. But at that time, I was really busy. Something was going on. I can't remember what it was. Sure, sure. Yeah, and it shows you that if you have bigger, bigger names as leads, like Teresa Palmer or Matthew Good, um, people are, are eventually going to find it. Um, you know, people may eventually find it anyway. Um, but, you know, a lot of folks, I'm sure, found it because of similar to how I found it, which was, you know, Teresa Palmer or, or you know, Downtown Abbey fans found it because of Massive Good. Uh, never mind, the books were, were very popular, supposedly, too. And I, though I had never heard of the books prior to looking up and seeing that Teresa Palmer was in, in a show that I never heard of. Um, what, what about you, Kevin? Have you did you know Matthew Good or Teresa Palmer prior to this show? I mean, know them as as in having seen things they've been in prior, or was this pretty much the first time? I have seen Warm Bodies. I mean, I did not associate her with that movie, um, but um, I mean, the minute you mentioned. Um, uh, well, I mean, when the minute I saw uh, Matthew Good, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's Lady, that that's Lady Mary's second husband. You know, I mean, I instantly recognize him. But the funny part is, and the, see, the thing is, is that there are times where I'll see movies that I'll remember the movies, but I don't remember. This is odd that I will remember the movies, but not the actors. And once it's, for example, yeah, like, I, like like Warm Bodies, for example, like Warm Bodies, like I, I mean. I mean, looking back, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I could see Teresa Palmer Palmer in there, but I, 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 I think with the, the for me is that it wasn't one of those movies that really uh, struck out and made me really remember everything. Um, you know, it, it was like it was like okay, yeah, it's a fun movie. It was all right. Like I recognize John Malkovich because everybody recognizes John Malkovich. But other than but other than that, it's it's like okay, yeah, it's a for me, Warm Bodies was one and done, you know. And then yeah, yeah. Um, I saw Matthew Good also in Leap Year. It, and the funny part is he played an Irish guy. Um, 
he played Amy Adams's love. Well, she he became Amy Adams's love interest. Yep. Um, and the thing is, is that I mean, I was because I I am DB Matthew Good because I'm sitting there thinking, look, this guy's a great actor. He had, I mean, obviously he was in other things, you know. And I looked, I mean, he was in Watchmen that I didn't see, but he was he was one of the guys in Watchmen. I thought, oh, okay. Um, you know, essentially, he you know he's pretty diversified, and then he's been in this. There's this one movie with. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch that he was in as like, okay, well, I didn't see that one either. And that's definitely more of a drama. But then um, I saw Leap Year. It's like, well, hey, I remember Leap Year. That was actually a fun, that was a rom-com. It was a rom-com. And I'll, I'll admit, I'm not, I mean, I mean, I'm not a rom-com person, but that one was enjoyable. But like that rom-com was a one and done for me. So I don't, I remember Amy Adams, but I don't remember him specifically. But then when I was watching Downton Abbey, you know, yeah, I saw him. It's like because you see him every week for a couple weeks, or if you binge it, you see quite a lot of them, like for a couple of days, and then you know that's it. Uh, so the minute I saw Matthew Good, like I didn't know the name, but the minute I saw his face, it's like, oh well, yeah, okay, yeah, that's uh, you know, the Lady Mary's second wife, second husband. Um, so. It- that's, yes. that's my background. But the thing is, like, when you told me about warm, I not warm bodies, that when you first told me about, you know, um, Discovery of Witches, it's like we were going through Lovecraft Country and you said, hey, we're thinking about doing this one. So I was like, all right, fine. So I, I binged the, the first season. Like, it took me a couple of days, but then I'm thinking, this is fantastic. <laughs> especially especially after i've been going through lovecraft country and I'm thinking, this is fantastic this is so much so i mean i think part of me really likes it just because of what i was going through with lovecraft country and i thought oh this is much much better i really and of course and i've said it before for when we recap season one is that i loved the setting it's in oxford it's in england it's like the old architecture and all that and it's just oh i i i, I salivate over that sort of stuff i'm an anglophile sure. i'm an anglophile and a celtophile so uh so yeah you, you you put anything like i mean i'm a big fan of, of british mystery and things like that so you put that sort of thing in front of me it's like okay yeah i'll watch it right 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 yeah yeah i was I, as a kid i was a yeah. I was a huge, I was a huge uh, Anglophile as well as a kid. I, I had a, it was it sound ridiculous, but I had a duck and a hamster that were named Queen Elizabeth, and then I had. <laughs> I know, that, oh, wait that, a second! You had a duck pet. This is more interesting. Yeah, yeah Well, you know, <laughs> you know, we, we got that little royal up here, little royal. And then um, people with duck pets, they're great. They're nice. Yeah, and then I, I had parakeets and other hamsters that were named after various monarchs. Of of the UK as well, so I, I had uh, King Alfred the Great, I had King Edward, I had King George, yeah. So I, I had them all. It was, it was kind of funny. Oh, I had I had uh, a Mary Queen of Scots, even though she's really Scottish, but well, she was British. That became the Queen of Scotland. So so yeah. So I had ha- hundreds of hamsters and parakeets and and ducks and stuff named after monarchs. Yeah. Oh, and and then when I did my report in second grade everybody had to do a report on a nation right and so a lot of people did reports on their heritage so you know there was a lot of canadians reports because where i live there's a lot of french canadians and then you know they had portugal and they had 
uh, Germany and 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 the you know various other countries and you know you you know what I'm talking about and Poland and so so forth. Oh, Lithuania. There was a lot of Lithuanians around here, even though the Lithuania at the time didn't exist on the map. Um, but uh, I did the UK because uh, I was an Anglophile and and I decided to do the UK instead of my heritage. So. I was. I think I was the only person in the class that decided to do a country that wasn't my heritage because the UK was, well, because Margaret Thatcher was my hero as a kid. She was the best. Anybody, the UK and uh, the US against the Russians, the, the good old days. Now it's <laughs> yeah, the good old days. Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher, my, my two heroes as a little boy. Anyway, um, I'm sure now we're going to get hate mail. You conservative scumbag bloody bleep bleep hey hey, don't be sending hate mail because i'm totally opposite of phil so you know we got everything covered here (laughs) no i'm right in the middle it's just that as a a kid as a little kid it wasn't as it was not as partisan that's all no it was definitely not yeah yeah i mean ronald reagan won 49 states you know i mean uh so you know so those are the good old days when when people would vote for who they thought was best rather than you know, a party whose affiliation. Anyway, uh, we're off topic now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but, well, you know, when you bring it back to Anglophile stuff, Kevin, that was kind of interesting. Well, I'm sorry, yes, but anyway, it was, I, I enjoyed the show. Um, you know, and then she says, okay, we're going to do season two, you know, by episode. And I said, Hey, I'm all for that. And now, um, I look forward to season three. Heck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, it looked like uh, the, the, there was no problems on set. So this isn't like American Gods. Um, and the, the story, the screenplay writing is, is not not like Lovecraft Country or The Stand. Uh, that's for sure. Um, yeah. And based off of uh, everybody on social media that was involved with the show and their love letters to the fans and to the crew and all that. It seems like it was a, a good time. So I, I can't think why season three won't be any better uh, than season two or season one for that matter. Yeah. Well, and I have to say, so season three almost seems like an extension of two, because I think they filmed them pretty close together. Um, and it's just, you know, the, the quality of the show, I think season two was better than one. So, I mean, I see season three being as good as or better than two. So I'm really looking forward to season three. Right. Um, and now I wonder, uh, uh, speaking, well, actually, we'll probably talk about all that uh, after season three, because I was going to say, so what's next for Matthew Good and Teresa Palmer? But again, it doesn't matter because um, we'll probably say that after season three. Uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to anything Teresa Palmer's in. I like Teresa Palmer a lot. Been following her for many years. Um, let's see. Anything else anybody wanted to bring up? Um, I wanted to bring up James Perfroy. I thought was perfect as the dad, and I was really, I really like him as an actor, and I was glad to see him in this. And he did a fantastic job. Yes, yep. yes, he did. I, I totally agree. Um, and you have the guys. I mean, I've rec- I recognize Alex Kingston. She's been around in, in quite a bit. Um, I mean, the first time I ever saw Alex Kingston was in ER. Uh, and, and who's Alex Kingston? Which which character? She's the aunt. 
Oh, uh, the Emily, the one that died, or the other one? No, the other one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah she's the she uh, she was in ER, and then she later. Well, she's been in other things, but she also became the love interest of Doctor Who. Yes. For a while, and you know, River, River, right, River Song, and you know, it's uh, definitely a different type of character than she's doing right now. Because River Song it was is uh, she's saucy. She's <laughs> she's got a recklessness in her, but she has like total trust. In it. It's it's she's a fun character. She really is a fun character, uh, and so it's it's interesting seeing her as somebody completely different. I I know I've seen her in other things. Um, she's just one of those actresses that just. That I mean, she—I I don't know if how, how you would say if she's in high demand, but she's definitely a an actress that uh, doesn't uh, doesn't disappoint. And I think a lot because a lot of people know her, they are very happy to have her, have her on their show. And she, like I said, and it, like I said, it sounds like she just doesn't disappoint. And so for that, good going for her. Um, and it's like the, the the guys that played Gilbert and um, uh, the no um, the vampire and the witch, the bad guys. Oh, um, Knox, uh, Knox, that was Knox Gilbert. and and Javier. Yeah, I I recognize those two actors and other things before, and they. Oh, well, not Knox's. Knox's uh, is. Um, Oh, what the hell is the guy's name in Game of Thrones? Uh, Sir Alistair Thorne. Sir Alistair yeah. Thorne. Well, yeah, like he was—he was awesome in, in well, Game of Thrones. I never wa- i didn't watch a lot of Game Game of Thrones, so that means absolutely doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. But I've seen him in other Brit- seen them both in other British shows, and so for they, the watch, they do a very good job, uh, you know, as being bad guys. I mean. You know, they're I mean, I don't know what they're like in the books, but they're they're they do a great job in, in this show. And so hats off to them as well. And I am definitely sure we will see more of them in the future. Right, right. John Snow, go clean the latrines <laughs> for the watch. Anyway, yeah, he was awesome. He's the best. Uh um also uh other people in the show uh yeah i I don't know any of the other actors honestly um i yeah just didn't know any of them so except james purefoy yeah i mean and i knew him the first time i ever seen james purefoy was uh resident evil oh yeah he's great in that too um i think the first time i saw him was in rome but i can't remember which was first resident evil or rome i think rome on hbo uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was supposed to be a pretty good. Show he was too. awesome in that. <laughs> All right, and then and then he was uh, in the following with Kevin Bacon, that TV yep. show. Yeah, he yep. was really good in that too. He always plays the villains, even though it, in this this show he was he wasn't too much a villain. He, he turned out to be a good guy. Well, in Rome, he's kind of a good guy yet bad guy at the same time. He's you know, <laughs> he's yeah, one of those amb- ambiguous characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. product of their times. And such. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, yeah. So let's let's talk about our. our uh, and I'm putting people on the spot here. Uh, excluding 
Teresa Palmer and Matthew Good, who was the star of the show. And it doesn't mean they were screen time, but star of season two, who was like stole a lot of scenes. Besides, oh, and you're, everybody's probably going to say James Purefoy for sure. But right, so it, it, not James we won't, Purefoy. We won't, yeah, we won't pick him because, yeah, yeah. he had less screen time than most of the other people. And I think he um, just had that, you know, one role in maybe one and a half episodes. So we'll just skip him. Yeah, yeah, because we're all going to pick him. So let's pick him. Yeah. I mean, the two, I mean, there are three characters that come to my mind. One is um, uh, the names I still can't remember. I'm terrible with names. It's driving me nuts. Um, I'll know him, so just tell me what the character did, and I'll tell you the name. uh, Gallo Glass. Gallo Glass. Okay, you're going to say him. That's who I'd pick. Uh, Gallaglass, I mean, he was funny. I mean, it's just fun watching him call somebody that's about his age or even younger than him, aunt or auntie. Um, no, he was very good. I enjoyed, uh, I mean, Kit was, Kit was good. I mean, yeah, he was a jerk, but he was, I mean, he, he, he played his role very well. Um, you know, and, uh, the the vampire that Matthew sired, who ended up becoming the head of uh, oh, uh, uh, Marcus. Marcus, right? He did a good job too. Um, I was, I mean, I liked his character development. He kind of went to the assistant who you know looked up to Matthew and all that, and he still does look up to Matthew. But he went from the assistant to. Um, definitely a more of a leader position. So, I mean, when Matthew comes back, he's probably going to be impressed with um, his development, his character development as time went on. Right. Right. I do kind of have an off the wall one that I thought was really good. Who's that? The the guy that played the emperor. Yeah. I was, I was thinking him. Yeah. (laughs) I I almost, I was, I almost was going to say his name too, because he was pretty solid. He was Uh, solid. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and don't forget the guy Hubbard, right? He was good. Yeah, oh yeah, Hubbard was really good. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, he he definitely had the creep factor, and he did it very well. Yeah, yeah. I, my 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 two that I was going to name is uh, uh, Domenico. I thought he was good. Every scene he's in, he's just like cool, chewing and, scenery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he everything is is how he looks, you know, because he doesn't say much, but. You can see his eyes make him look like he's his whole mind's like spinning at wheels and he's trying to figure out things and you don't know if he's being benevolent or or not and and it's he's, he's really good and uh, speaking of him chilling uh, yeah the actor's yeah. name is Greg Chillin <laughs> yeah. and then I I thought even though her role was fairly small like Domenico's was Louisa she played apeshit crazy awesome yeah I love. Seeing sociopath villains, um, and and she she was like well, I know we discussed whether she was sociopath or not, but she was just a, a, apeshit evil and crazy, um, and so yeah, she was good too. I like I like those roles. Yeah, you know, one of the most impressive things about this show is the amount of actors in it that could convey so much without speaking. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, like, I mean, uh, we mentioned um, Hubbard. I mean, he just he just had that look. He and sure did. 
you know, he just had this this look that um, completely. I mean, I, I don't know how I don't know how to describe it, but I mean, he was very very good at what he Eddie did. I mean, he just kind of had this. I mean, I don't know how to explain it because I mean, like when he meets Fuchs, he kind of I mean, he just has this look of fear on his face. You know, and it's not something you really expected to see, but, um, you know, it was still very, very good. Uh, and I just and then he then like even when he just kind of appears, you know, after meeting um, uh, Diana or Diane, um, you know, he still has that look. But like it looked like he's I'm in control type of thing. But uh, it is almost like he says. He has this, I'm, I'm a psycho, but I'm not going to act like it. Uh, yeah. That, that, I mean, he kind of has that, you know, I'm, I'm a psycho, but he, he doesn't act like it. He really doesn't. I mean, in many ways, I mean, yes, he, he wants to, to drink other people's blood, but that's more so he can get control over them. So he, he knows their memories. But other than that, he really I mean, the only jerk move you can say he did is when he wrote wrote the uh, wrote to Matthew's dad. But apart from that, as I as I'm looking as I'm, I'm going through the whole season, he really didn't do anything bad. If you right. really think about it, you know, I mean, I mean, if anything, I mean, if it weren't for, um, yeah. Uh, Fuchs, you know, saying, you know, I sired you, you should listen to me. He probably would have taken good care of Jack. Oh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just and actually my question on on Hubbard is what happens to him? Right. Yeah, because I mean, because I mean, when we go into present day, is Hubbard still around? Or it does he does he die somehow? Um you know, does he finally tell Fuchs, you'll know you were asking too much. I'm not going to obey. And like Fuchs kills him. I mean, that's that's altogether possible, because like I said, more and more, I see Hubbard is actually a good guy. I mean, he's kind of off. He kind of, you know, he's kind of kind of has his own interest in mind. But overall, though, he really he, he does seem to want the best for everybody. That's true. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. He's He's, he's definitely a. Uh, complicated character for sure, and and the, and the actor that plays him uh, is is doing a great job. Um, uh, I, I've always wanted to say this ever since we we learned Fuchs uh, learned who Fuchs was or, or saw Fuchs. I wanted to say this movie quote and see if either of you, you would get it because it's been bothering me for the for now since the Emperor episode. And this is this is the quote: "It ain't Fuchs. It ain't Fuchs. Watch." Ah clock and the watch thing. him closely that's right exactly, exactly. that's what i thought it's <laughs> uh, awesome it ain't fuchs that's awesome yeah so uh, john carpenter's the thing there's a character named fuchs in that and so um another off topic and has nothing to do with, with the show but uh anyway um yeah so how about for sure um and that was by uh that was the actor uh Paul Reese. I'm saying it correctly this time. The Welshman. Reese, not Rice. Arise. Uh so Paul Reese. Um all right, any any 
disappointments, uh, uh, whether it's character arcs or just the, the character itself. Anyone? Anything? I am so not disappointed this season. I think it was better than the first, and I really enjoyed it. I thought they tied up everything as nicely as they could and left a little bit open for the next season. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I, I I would say yeah that nothing really bothered me, uh, but I will say that the the turn of Baldwin from season one to season two is is, is unfortunate because uh, I kind of liked him in season one. He seemed really like a stand up guy, honorable guy. And I think then, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's a character arc that it's just the arc went the wrong way. Um, yeah. you know, maybe he wanted control of the family rather than, right. uh, or maybe, he, he, or maybe he feels betrayed, right? Because he almost got executed by the congregation by defending Matthew and all these other people. Right. Well, and, it's that, well, the thing is, is that you, I mean, it's obvious Matthew appreciated, I mean, the family appreciated him for what he did, but the problem is I think really where he felt mostly betrayed is that he wasn't the one who became the, the leader of the Knights of Lazarus, you right, know, right. Marcus did. And he felt that maybe it should have been him. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I mean, if I were Marcus and I just went through that argument with him, especially after talking about how, how they're saying that dad, you know, dad was always disappointed in you. Um, then the first thing I would not do is say, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a witch born uh, via demons. You know, I, I probably would not have, have you know, and I'm going to totally insult you, you know, and then let you on in as a little secret. I, I don't know. I just I thought that was not a wise move on Marcus's part. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. But but again, Baldwin you would think he would, he would ball in fairness to Marcus, Marcus, I assume knows that Baldwin was saved and by, from execution from the congregation because of the demon congregation member, the, the woman, right. And that's her grandchild that's born. So maybe Marcus was thinking Baldwin's good is good friends, or at least has respect for the demon congregation woman. Therefore, why wouldn't I not trust him with the knowledge that her grandson is, is not a demon, but a witch or, or, you know, well, what I'm saying? the thing is, is that or granddaughter is whatever nobody, the child is. Nobody even knew that she was going to even have a granddaughter. I mean, nobody knew about this child at all. And Marcus let it out of the bag. But the problem is now, um, but Baldwin, again, hang on, hang on a second. Let me finish. Baldwin, uh, really though, I mean, if you really think about it, though, Baldwin really shot himself in the foot because they're going to say, okay, well, how else did they know? You know, I mean, yeah, they're witches, but how else did they know? I mean, that really? No, no, no. We, we understand that, and and we actually discussed a lot of that when it I happened. Know. But but my, I'm just trying to say for for the other side, which is why did Marcus be a dumbass and say it to Baldwin? And I'm saying. In the support of Marcus, he wouldn't expect Baldwin to betray the, the Claremonts or Wouldn't's the demons, especially when it was the demons and this woman's 
um, granddaughter. No, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I mean, and, and ultimately, Marcus probably thinks, look, we don't we're we're not really getting along right now. But Baldwin is still family. He thought you can always trust family. I think the problem is Baldwin just didn't get enough screen time. So we're basing everything on this one scene. And that's right. about the only scene he got in season two. So that makes it kind of tough to he didn't really even have an arc. He just was there as like, you know, yeah. so it's kind of hard to say, you know, is he bad or good or what is he right now? He looks bad on the face of things, but it's hard to say for sure. And I That's have true. It just kind of a total, total change of topic. I have to admit my, my favorite quote still though, is I'm not your guard dog. That. <laughs> yes. uh, that is just, uh, I mean, Oh, I mean, Oh, that was, it was, it was partly about timing too. It was timed perfectly. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It is now, just, what, what is this scene? I'm, 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 I forget there, there, scene. It was, it was when, Knox and Jaber were talking. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I still thought we were talking about Baldwin and Marcus. So I'm saying, no, I I just, no, he said change of topic. Oh, because it's, I just don't want to continue on with that one. I just, we're going to see what happens with Baldwin because you know that now he, Baldwin has put his, you know, it was Isabeau in in danger. He's probably, you know, he's put Satur in in danger. He's put a, a lot of people in danger. And you know the vampires are going to find out. And so well, what's happening, well, we'll find it, out. Well, I think the danger was coming anyway because they're they're looking at changing how things... So there's this whole rebellion that's starting by Marcus. So regardless, they were going to be in trouble and they were going to have problems and because he's going to try and change the congregation and change well, the well, rules. Also, also, Baldwin is indirectly responsible for Emily's passing right because had he not told Bajir, yeah beer Knox would never have known and Knox never would have uh went to the hospital and then never mind um well actually no because that's not why Mark Knox was there right Knox was yes, there it was, it was that was why no no, was, no 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 Knox didn't go to Septier because of the baby he went there oh for the, right yeah so actually I'm, yeah, so yeah. he's oh, right, Baldwin right. is is not directly responsible, actually. Um, but it was also, really stupid of Knox because you figure he killed her and he didn't get what he wanted, so he's right. now created major enemies. Right. Well, well, that's that's the thing, right? We discussed how he's still looking at witches, bewitches, demons, and vampires have nothing to do with us. We, you know, even though. They're friends now with vampires and demons, you know, at Septur. He, Septur. He's still looking at it like, yeah, but it's none of their business. This is between the, the, the witches. Right, right. You know, also, um, I, I'm still confused why Knox it let Joubert boss him around. I, I, I don't get it. Me neither. Yeah, it it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, I I I don't see why, um, unless he's playing something. He's playing Jabir without Jabir even knowing it, right? Because he's the only reason he's friends with Jabir is because Jabir is a vampire that wants to wipe out these other vampires. So maybe he's being acqui- He's acquiescing. I think that's a word. Acquiescing. 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 Well, okay. Or, 
there's also the whole the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. Because it's obvious that he does not like the Claremonts at all. So he says, all right, you know, I don't like them, but I'll side with this witch because this witch also does not like the Claremonts. So once we get the Claremonts out of the way, then I'll deal with this witch. Right. That's the best way. That's the best thing I can. That's the that's the. Yeah, it, may, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, so maybe Knox isn't being bossed around and Jabir just thinks he is. And it's like Knox, Knox was heading to Chat, the Chat, the, the Claremont Septor anyway. So rather than be a dink back and say, F yourself, I'm going, you know, I'll do what I want, he just goes along with it because he was heading there anyway. And why uh, rattle the cage? And our friendship, even if it's just for, um, you know, my enemy, enemy of my enemy is my friend. He decided to not, you know, say F you, you know, but in his mind, he's saying, oh, I'm after you too, buddy. I'm after you too. But who knows? I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, but, uh, um, but yeah, I, I think I think the thing is is that no matter how good the actor is that plays Jabir, um, the guy that plays Knox is a much more bigger presence, I think. And he's also he is. more rash and outspoken, so his character seems more powerful than Jabir, in my opinion. But that may just be an illusion or just my opinion. I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, anything else? All right. I guess not. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we've uh, talked for um, an hour, which is pretty good. Um, so yeah. So, uh, for folks who are listening, uh, a couple of things, uh, we're, like I said, we're still trying to get Deborah Harkness to maybe join us. Uh, we may reach out to other people that are, involved with the television show to see if uh, they'll join us. Um, we may reach out to the people that are running the All Souls convention or maybe even other podcasters like the Kim and Camille and Clove uh, podcast and maybe do a joint podcast with them, you know, just to, I guess, uh, we help you, you help us type of thing. So there could be you know, one or two other episodes before season three, when we return, uh, it may not happen, but there's always a possibility. So, uh, as long as you stay linked to us, uh, you know, uh, have, are following our feed, wherever you follow our feed, uh, any of those episodes would pop up. You can always, uh, email us, uh, to see what's going on. Uh, there's also all those other podcasts that we're on that you could, listen to us if you just like us as podcasters um and whatnot and uh i think yeah that's pretty much sums it up um i don't know if there's anything else there was one other thing i wanted to bring up but my mind i was i had so many things in my mind at the same time that it's it's lost um <laughs> I, I i totally identify with you with you on that one yeah, yeah, it always happens, right? Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll uh, um, 
Oh, I remember what it is now. Yeah, that's what happens when you, you know you think about it for a second. Um, I re- there was a, a podcast I listened to, and I won't name the podcast because uh, it's a, it's a, p- a political show. Uh, but the the podcaster who's who's uh, uh, career is, is absolutely huge right now. It's probably the biggest um, it'll ever be. Um, but he he had a, a podcast uh, a week or two ago where he was talking about how this website, I forget the name of the website, uh, shows th- the listenership of people to podcasts or, you know, and never mind, you know, all the other activities people can do, whether it's family events, whether it's watching TV, whether it's it's uh, playing music, whether it's doing your hobbies, whether it's your day job and, you know, on and on and on. You, can, you know, there's just video games, you know, whatever. Um, but for podcasters, people who listen to podcasts, they call it a shelf, a podcast shelf. And most people who listen to podcasts have about five podcasts on their shelf. And they do not usually go above that. So they may listen to an episode here or there, you know, every so often, but there's usually only five podcasts that they will listen to, quote unquote, religiously or consistently. Um, at one time and he was this podcaster was saying how he wanted to thank all the people who listened to his show which included me obviously because i listened to his show um because the fight for the listener by the hundreds of thousands probably now of podcasts out there is is very large and especially if you're a niche show like this show here, where if you don't know anything about a discovery of witches, you're probably not going to listen to the show and, and not even care about it. Um, but as, as some of our listeners have, have said in emails, there are numerous other shows out there um, for a discovery, which is for you folks to choose our show, never m- uh, mind our show among a discovery, Witches shows, but among all podcasts, we want to thank you with all our heart. Because absolutely. And again, thank you, Debbie, for writing in. Uh, we yes. really appreciate it when people write in and give us their two cents and their opinions and their own little commentary, their own commentaries. Um, it's always fun to, to read those kind of take them in and, and respond to them uh, because we really enjoy the insights of, of people who, I was speaking as someone who who enjoys giving my insights to the Dark Discussions Network, um, you know, and Phil has read many of my emails uh, on on their show. So I can say that uh, having um, having them read on 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 their shows that I I know that they you know they tell me they have appreciated it, and so I will tell you, Debbie, that we do appreciate it very very much. Yeah, and Anna as well, Anna Van Dyke. Uh, yes. she wrote as well. And, and her email was very uh, enlightening as well. Cause she was the one that mentioned to us that there were dozens of other podcasts on the show. And most of them were uh, female co-hosts and, and we kind of st- stood out a bit because we're an all male um, podcast on a show that appears is dominated by a female um, viewership. And a po- and also a female podcast co-host. 
uh, as well. And, and we, we stood out a little bit with a different perspective. Uh, and so I want to thank Anna as well as Debbie, uh, among all the rest of the listeners. Because, again, we're, we got like um, 3,000 or so listeners. Uh, it's probably close to 4,000 now um, of this podcast. And, and you know, we only know um, – to, you know, two two people, and there was a third woman that emailed us too, and I forget her, her name, and that's it. So we know there's you know two thousand nine hundred and ninety seven other potential people out there who listen to our podcast, um, and we want to thank all of them as well. Um, so uh, so once again, uh, keep afloat with this this RSS feed uh, because there could be one or two or even three episodes in the next 12 months that could pop up here or there um, while we uh, wait for season three. Um, and uh, also uh, darkdiscussions.com, darkdiscussions.aol.com, uh, the Dark Discussions podcast Facebook group, and www.darkdiscussions.com itself. Uh, if anybody wants to um, actually, we're always looking for writers of columns or even other podcasts for the network too. Uh, and if you're interested, uh, you can always email us or press the contact us form and uh, contact us and, and uh, let us know that you're interested. Uh, you should put in the subject line. Um, and someone just sent one today. I haven't opened it up yet, but there the title of it was was good. Uh, it said query f- query uh, query. Yeah. So put in the subject line query. And uh, and that will um, let me know that it's not spam uh, email. Uh, so yeah. Um, all right. So uh, anybody else want to say anything to, to you know for uh, anything about the podcast or the show? Anything? Anyone? Nope. Nope. All right. So um, I guess that's it. We'll we'll talk to everybody in a year for sure when season three comes up and maybe one, two, or three episodes in between. Uh, So with that, Barrett, why don't you lead us out? Thanks for joining us on a Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires podcast. This was our talk about season three and what we thought of season two. And we are very much looking forward to season three next year. And we hope you will join us for that. And Deborah Harkness, we want you on the podcast. We do. Join us. Or Matthew Good. Or uh, Teresa Palmer. Teresa Palmer, yes. Any of you. Or Alex Kingston. That'd be fun. <laughs>